Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He was an upside angel from another dimension on a mission from celestial parts. Looking for people who become dejected or victims of broken hearts. He saw her sitting at a corner table. He knew he had to take a chance. The self-esteem was sidetracked from a negative media dance, and he said, I'm here to make you feel Along for the ride. opinions and representations expressed on the night dreams talk radio network and its website are those of the hosts guests and participants and are not necessarily those of or endorsed by the network its affiliated stations and broadcasts the management other hosts or advertisers of the network the shows found on the night dreams talk radio network can but do not necessarily promote any particular lifestyle belief religion political affiliation or other personal practice These shows are for entertainment purposes only, and are not intended to treat, diagnose, and or claim any cure of disease or condition, or give any medical or legal advice. Hi, this is Tom Davis with Metatron Power and Light. Our songs are inspired by our own experiences and the stories of people we've met. We know what we've seen, and we know the truth. We are not alone. What's unusual about Metatron Power and Light as a band 
because we share the same beliefs. We've all had similar experiences, and together through music, we can explore the kinds of subjects that haven't been presented in exactly this way before. We want everyone to know that what you're going through, we're going through. When you're being told one thing and seeing another, we're here with you. Music brings people together, and together we're strong. Coming to you from some far point station, like a cosmic tumbleweed, both north and south of the Pleiades, here's your host, Gary Anderson. And that is me, boy, I'll tell you what, beautiful weather down at the compound, down at the harbor, and like always to the truckers out there. You're keeping America moving, and I want to thank you. And to all my amateur radio buddies out there, a big 73 sent to each one of uh, to each and one of you. And also a shout out to all the micro stations and all the radio stations that carry our show. A shout out to 1380 AM and 105.3 FM. You know what? Tonight, we got a great guest on the show. We're going to be talking cryptics. We're going to be talking monsters. No, not your ex. We're going to be talking about Bigfoot here tonight with Scott C. Marlowe. It's going to be an interesting show here tonight. He's had three encounters with these creatures himself. And speaking about Bigfoot, uh uh-huh. Now I just have to wait till the computer loads here. Uh, well, this happened in Logan, Utah. Matthews is now a believer, but he still has a little bit of doubt about Bigfoot. He came across, well, a Bigfoot print in Bear River Range, Utah. The footprint was large. It could have been made by a man, but most likely the size of it, unless a guy has a foot, it's almost two feet long, it was undoubtedly a Bigfoot. Now, Matthew has a lot of experience in the outdoors. He likes hiking. He hunts and fly fishes quite often, in fact, in the area. In fact, he tries to get out two to three times a week. Now, he's never actually seen a Bigfoot, but he's got the footprint of a Bigfoot. He's heard some of the sounds that the Bigfoot the so-called make out in the wilderness but a lot of his friends you know they they don't take bigfoot as a joke according to well matthews some of his friends have seen bigfoot but they don't want to talk about it the reason why they don't want to talk about it because it scares them that there is something out there that we just can't prove they exist but people have seen it you know that james you saw something that resembled either a hairy man or a bigfoot my encounter and so many people have seen these things you know that i do know that and and um you know i just live a hop and a skip from salt fork state park and it's one of the most uh active places in uh, this side of the mississippi river so yeah there's reports go that go back in the 1800s especially even around here oh yeah a hop skip Yes, hop and a skip. A hop and a skip. Well, how far is a hop and a skip? I got to figure this one out. 
Well, it depends how big your hop is. My hop is about 20 miles, and the skip is about 10 miles, so it's about 30 miles. <laughs> okay. You have to do a lot of hopping and skipping for that, though, don't you? It did. It took a long time to get it down to one hop and one skip, I, I got to say. Last night, last night, after our show was over, and I went and drank a nice bottle of ice water, uh, when I went to bed, I had a really a wicked dream. Not sexual, just a scary dream. I dreamt I dropped my cell phone on the floor, which I do, because I'm at the age, you know, I, I will not out in a heartbeat and fall asleep. And I remember in this dream, or was it? Mm-hmm, maybe it was real. I dropped my phone, and it fell a little bit underneath the bed, and I reached under there. And I reached, and I couldn't find it. So then I turned the nightlight on, on our headboard. I still could not find it. But the dog found me and bit my hand. So, I mean, there, there it is. Something underneath the bed wanted to grab me last night. I knew you was going to give yourself nightmares. You talked yourself right into it about those things under the bed, Gary. Uh, lucky something didn't grab you by the wrist with a hand. Then then what would you do? No, is this our dog? You know, yeah, not know. the big ones, but. the 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 other one we we inherited when my son passed on. We have his dog. His dog likes crawling underneath the bed for some reason. So, I mean, you know, and I did have a bite mark on my uh, hand this morning. So, you know, maybe it wasn't a dream. Mm-hmm. Maybe it. I did drop the phone and I was half awake. And when I reached down there, the dog likes these bones, you know. And, and if you try to take a bone away from a dog, what do they do? They try biting you. So I think when the dog seen me or heard me move my hand around under the bed, oh, that was fair game. But I tell you what. <laughs> You know, it's still, I got emails from people saying I scared them. But you know what? We all have this. Ever since we were a kid, I mean, some people were scared of the closet when the lights are out because some creature lived in the closet or underneath the bed. You know, I, I still to this day, I don't know about you out there, but I know mm-hmm, if something is really scary and I watch a scary movie. You know, late on a Friday night or a Saturday night. And then I go to bed and I hear a strange noise. I'll tell you what. Even to this day, I'll pull the blanket over my head. Like, gee, Gary, is that going to protect you? I don't think so. But you know what? At least I won't see what's grabbing me. <laughs> you got you to do what you got to do. I do know that um, when I was five years old, I watched uh, Rosemary's Baby. By myself, and uh, I don't think I've been right since that. That one really got me. Okay, now you're talking about the movie, right? Yes. Okay, for yeah. a minute I thought you were talking about a girlfriend's, you know, kid. At five years old, I sh- I needed a babysitter. I needed somebody to tell me what was wrong with me. We're watching that movie, sneaking up on myself. Uh huh. So now we know why you're so screwed up. You watched Rosemary Baby at five years old. Oh, yeah, and I strongly don't suggest that you let anybody watch that under about 14, maybe. I don't know, but, yeah, that was serious stuff. Yeah, it is. Well, a big shout-out to Barb, uh, Tim, 
and to Rob out there and everybody else who is on either one of the two chats I'm on. And uh, people are messaging me already for Messenger. And I just got a couple emails from some people. Ah, it's going to be a busy night. Right now in the studio, I tell you what, it's the coolest it's been all week. It's 87 degrees. So I'm not sweating like a, well, I'm not going to use the word pig. But I did, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you in a roundabout way, you did. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm really interested in what Scott C. Marlowe has to say here tonight about Bigfoot, about his three encounters of uh, Bigfoot in his life. Three. That, that's a yeah. lot. That is a lot. Of course, I guess, you know, if you're out there looking for him, the odds go up of seeing him. I know the one I, I seen, it was either that or... Well, I don't know what else it could have been, but that was a long time ago. wasn't even looking for it. wasn't even on my mind. And it's kind of the same way with you, I think. Yeah, maybe. What year was that, roughly, when you saw your... 80, that was 81 or 82. I'm thinking 82. I think it was 82. Yeah, see, if it would have been a little bit, you know, before that, I would say maybe it was a draft dodger that uh, glued a whole bunch of mattress hair on him and was running around acting like a, a hairy man for he wouldn't get inducted. Yeah, and he was eight foot and about 800 pounds and naked in the middle of a field on two in the morning during a lightning storm. Now, wait a minute. At two o'clock in the morning, it was dark. Now, how do you know he was naked? Next, you're going to say he was naked and afraid, weren't you? Well, I didn't see any clothes. It it was like all hair. You know, when the the lightning would light up that whole field, it was like we seen him one flash and the next flash a few seconds later. He wasn't there, so he was either made a big move or he was behind that probably 300-year-old uh, oak tree, which is probably what happened. But all, all I know is we all spun out like a fire girl got in the car and left. <laughs> well, I would have been gone, but you know what? Why didn't you take a picture? But I know because you didn't have a camera in your glove compartment. A picture back then had been one of them Polaroids that they come out, and then you had to wave it in the air to get <laughs> to get it to develop. We didn't have cell phones back then, for sure. Yeah, I know. Well, unless you're a time traveler. Now, if you were a time traveler, maybe you could have had a cell phone back there. But, you know, when we were talking here the other day about Bigfoot and all that stuff, building supposedly, you know, shelters next to, like, campgrounds and picnic grounds on a busy trail that maybe 75 to 100 people a day walk through, you know, from early spring to you know, late uh, fall. I, I, again, I, I, I don't believe it because I think there's a lot of people out there who really, how can I say it? They're trying to take and make fun of the Bigfoot thing. And so I think there's a lot of people building these things just to psych people out because I just don't think they're going to, a Bigfoot is going to build a shelter next to a trail that everybody's walking on. They're going to be farther out, you know, unless they're, you know, selling something. Oh, yeah, I agree totally. And and um, I definitely think people was out there trying to mess with other people. And again, it's same thing with the uh, wood knocking. I've thought this a long time ago, cause, and you've touched on many times, where people be knocking, and maybe people are knocking at each other, you know, a mile across the valley and don't even realize it. Oh, that happens all the time. By the way, Please stop sending me emails about that. The Pentagon has created a new, well, committee to investigate UFOs. You know how many committees have to be, 
have to be set up by the Pentagon or the Congress or the Senate. You, you know, there's ongoing investigations anyway. So I think a lot of this stuff is stall tactics. You know, just maybe give us a little bit. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. More disinformation. Get the people's hopes up. But, you know... I, I don't see why a new committee would have anything that the committee has already been going on and having and, and been conducting, you know, interviews and gathering information. Why would they have to create another one? It seems like it goes to a certain point. Maybe they do that to appease all these people writing their congressmen and their senators saying, well, look, we need proof that UFOs exist. So maybe they sit back there and say, hey, we'll just form a, another committee. And this will, you know, get the people off our backs. Yeah, it's it's throw a bunch of committees out there and confuse people. I, I'm confused by it. There's more. We need a committee for committees. I know. Maybe they already have a committee for committees. You know, already. That could be. I'll tell you. It gets it gets strung out there. That is for sure. Well, I don't know. All I know is if 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 you believe in ufos then there are ufos if you don't believe in ufos then there's no ufos to worry about and don't worry about it if one day they land in your backyard and invite you in to their ship for a barbecue too it'll you know what it'll serve you right (laughs) i i can tell you this much i'm not going on the ship whether it's for a barbecue a free ride or just a, a look around i'm good ah come on you don't know what you're missing well, I, I, it's okay. I don't need to know everything. Oh, come on. I, I mean, wouldn't you like to put that on your resume that you got a free ride in a UFO? Yeah, which resume? The one that's uh, I'm on some distant galaxy far, far away or the one here? I don't know. Could you imagine, though, when they're experimenting with you and maybe they, like, remove body parts and put it on? And could you imagine you, you, you you're released? And you're going home and you're saying, oh, thank God, it's over with. They released me. This Now I won't have any more abductions. Then in the morning you go in the bathroom to shave and you realize your ears are on backwards. Oh, that would be a that would be a real uh, awakening event to look in the mirror and see your ears on backwards. You know, that's you know, I, I can see about having your clothes on backwards, but your ears. Oh, boy. Well, that's not so bad. But, you know, could you imagine your nose on your forehead? No, I couldn't imagine that. That would give me, that would confuse me. That'd, that'd be like my eyes being upside down, but they look like they're in the right way. Yeah, could you imagine you, you, you're eating dinner and you want to take a sniff of that steak you're going to eat and you have to go 
And, and you get the grease in your hair because your nose is now is up on your forehead. Uh, yeah, and if it's upside down and it rains, you could drown. That, too. Well, we need to get our guest on here, and we need to talk about Bigfoot. So that's what I'm doing right now. So I got the call in to Scott, and uh, hopefully he answers here. You never know with Skype. That's true. Skype's got its own little personality. It does. Well, hopefully we got Scott C. Marlowe on the line right now. Are you there, Scott? I'm here. How are you tonight? I am fine. And how are you doing? Uh, Well, I'm doing very good at the moment. Well, that's better than doing really bad at the moment. But then if, if you're doing bad at the moment, then, you know, maybe the next moment it won't be so bad. Well, why don't you, Scott, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? I'm talking well, I'm about on the cryptic side, not not your social life here. <laughs> Nobody'd be interested in the social life. Uh, I'm a cryptozoologist with the Pangea Institute, and I study among other things, uh, legendary animals. Interesting. Well, what got you into that? Uh, oh, I had an experience. Uh, I was taking pre-med at Rollins College here in Central Florida back in the 70s. And uh, I came home one night after an evening class and uh, had stopped at the grocery store, parked my car. I was living for the first time off campus. Uh, and, uh, uh, I lived way what was then out in the boondocks, uh, you know, today nobody thinks that way, but, uh, in a, you know, the new, new apartment complex nestled in a bunch of orange groves and forest with a creek behind us. And, uh, when I went over to the passenger side of my MGBGT, uh, I picked up the groceries, stood up and there standing off the edge of the parking lot was a swamp ape, which in those days I thought was a Bigfoot, but now I know better. And uh, in any event, uh, uh, our eyes locked, and uh, it was uh, an interesting experience. Um, uh, did you wet yourself like I did with my first encounter and only encounter? No, actually, I didn't. Uh, I was, you know, I was fascinated. I knew what I was looking at. Because uh, it was standing on two feet and it had, you know, eyes like ours, not like an ape uh, or a gorilla. Uh, and, it, and of course, standing on two feet, I, you know, I knew it had to be what it was. And uh, there, at that, that time, there were several sightings in and around the Orlando area uh, in Fairville and uh, areas further up from me, and then you know, in that area where I was. And apparently, they were using the the creek as some kind of a highway. Uh, and ours just happened to be on the way, and we'd been having a problem with the trash being strewn all over the parking lot for a few weeks, and we thought it was just a bunch of raccoons, and it turns out it was this thing, apparently, rooting through the trash. Oh, wow. But uh, it saw me, and it froze, and I saw it, and I froze, and eventually found enough gumption uh, after my knee stopped shaking uh, to slowly back up to the stairway across the parking lot uh, that led to my apartment. And uh, by the time I got to the top of the stairs, uh, this thing kept looking over towards the trash dumpster and was more interested in that than me. 
but in any event, uh, by the time I got up the stairs, put the groceries down, key in the lock, and turned back around, it was gone. Well, you're lucky on that. How how big was it? It it stood a little taller than I was, which at that point was about those six feet. So it's not as small as a lot of people say that these, you know, these creatures that what you're describing are like like five foot, four foot in height. Uh, a yeah. lot of reports like that. But that was scary. That's one of the differences between the swamp ape and the classic Sasquatch. The Sasquatch stands hot taller and uh, does have some anatomical differences. How much did this thing weigh? Did you ever take a notice that was it? stocky or was it skinny what? it looked like a football lineman did it in terms of size now did it make any weird sounds or anything uh-uh. they just kept swaying from side to side you couldn't see a whole lot because in those days they had that architectural lighting in the parking lot that would just cast a pool of light in a puddle on the ground it wasn't the ambient light you get today with the vapor lamps uh, so, it, it, I mean, it, it wasn't like it was really bright outside, and I couldn't make out a lot of detail. I just could tell there was a lot of hair, and there was whites in the eyes. Interesting. Now, did it have an odor to it that you could no. remember? No. The only time I smelled one was in Texas. Okay. Now, that this one was the only one you've seen of this type of uh, creature. How far, right. I mean, was it in a town or near a town or how close in was it with the populated area? Well, I mean, again, you got to remember Orlando in the 70s was nothing like Orlando is today. Uh, this was out on Semaran Boulevard at an apartment complex called Place 436 which is the root number of the, the Semaran Boulevard. And uh, there was nothing out there in that, at that time. I mean, it was all orange groves. You could drive from where I was uh, north of Route 50 all the way to the airport, and there was virtually nothing but orange groves. And, of course, now it's all built up. You've got shopping centers and everything else. It's nothing like it was back then. Now, how far was it to any forest or anything in that, or the or swamp oh, the forest area? Was right behind us. You know, I was at the back of the complex. The cheapest apartments are the ones way in the back, and I was right up against the forest, facing it. Wow, <laughs> I, I mean, the thing could have been, you know, protective. Uh, and how many feet from it were you? Initially, probably about twenty, thirty feet. And then did it get closer, or did it slowly back away from? No, you? it just it just stayed right where it was. Yeah, maybe it was protecting its dumpster. You know, uh, it, 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 well back it, back at that time, you know there there were no covered parking in the parking lot. Now I've been back to the location since, and now they've got some covered parking. But back then there wasn't any covered parking; just these lamps. Uh, you know, and they, there was like one post every, you know, I don't know, I guess about uh, 50 yards. And uh, and it would just cast the light, like I said, in these little pools. And if you didn't stand in exactly the right place, the light didn't hit you. So it, it was it was weird. It was just an unusual experience. And like I said, I was taking medicine 
I was taking pre-med, so, I mean, I knew anatomy and everything. I kind of had an idea what I was looking at. And it struck me as not so much as an animal as a human. I mean, was it making eye-to-eye contact with you? Was it locked into your eyes? It never looked really directly at me, and I was smart enough not to look directly at it. But you could tell that it had eyes like ours. You know, the, the gorilla eyes are usually very brown. And uh, I see them all the time at Disney World, uh, the, the uh, eastern lowland. And uh, in any case, uh, yeah, this was not the same thing at all. It had more of a head, too. It didn't, uh, didn't look like it rested, you know, the head rested directly on the neck. Okay. How, I mean, uh, d- did it have much of a neck? I know, like, Bigfoot doesn't have much not of a, a neck. Not a lot. I mean, you couldn't really tell much because it was co- so covered with hair. But, uh, you know, it did seem to have more of a bulbous head than it had, you know, it had the head that sits flatly on the, on the, the shoulders, as mm-hmm. is so commonly depicted in the Sasquatch. Well, you know what? You're really lucky, Scott, that you didn't stare it down because, you know, just like a dog, you, if you stare at well, a dog. Well, I've worked around wild animals my whole life, particularly felines. I know better than to look any predator in the eyes. Yeah, would you want to tell the listeners what happens if you stare one at the eyes? That that's usually when they take it as a challenge and they may charge you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you did the right thing. Yeah. So you've had this encounter. How long did uh, did it go on for? Was it like a minute or two or was it longer? And when well, you- it's, one of, it, it's one of those moments in time where everything freezes. And I think my concept of time was was totally lost. But it had to be close to a minute or more. Uh, I'm sure it was more than that by the time I got to the top of the stairs. So after you saw this, I mean, did you tell your friends about it or anybody about it? Oh, no. I kept my mouth shut for years. I see, uh, Going into medicine, I thought everybody would think I was a nut. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Because I had an encounter of, of a Bigfoot up in the Canadian Rockies with a friend of mine who just finished his internship, and he was opening a medical practice. And you know, we lost our friendship over it because he was worried yeah. I was going to say something. And the first thing he said, he goes, "I'm opening a practice. If this gets out, I'm ruined." Before I even open up, uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, only when I finally got to the point where I didn't have any more bridges to build and uh, rivers to cross, did I ever come out and tell anybody that it had actually happened? But it interested me, so everywhere I went and every time I traveled, I looked for information about creatures from then on in. Not just these, but any kind of cryptid. Well, Scump Ape, how many get reported? Do you have any idea how many get reported a year? At all, I mean, uh, in Florida, I know there's at least a thousand sightings, but only a handful, maybe twenty or thirty, get reported. Interesting. Now we need to take a break, Scott. So don't hang up. We'll be back with Scott uh, C. Marlowe here right after this break. You're listening to Night Dreams uh, Talk Radio. Check our website out at www.nightdreamstalkradio.com. We'll be right back. You can advertise your business on Night Dreams Talk Radio, and you will be heard worldwide. Why not contact us at nightdreamstalkradio at gmail.com? 
Night Dreams Talk Radio, After Dark, wants to give a big shout-out to all the truckers that listen to our show. Across the world, this is probably the best radio station in the world. You are listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio Network, from our compound to you worldwide, with your host, Gary Anderson. And this is Gary. Our guest tonight is Scott C. Marlowe. He's had three encounters with... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bigfoot-type creatures. The first one we just talked about. But, you know, you are so right. I mean, it's hard because, you know, I had my encounter I kept my mouth shut for well over 20 years because I was also, you know, ridiculed, you know, the first couple people I told, namely my wife and family, they looked at me like, "Uh, okay, what were you on? Same reaction. Yeah, but you know what? When we seen the Bigfoot and it chased us for two miles back out of the Canadian Rockies, we were up at old... Japanese internment camp from World War II, and the creature, oh, the creature chased us for two miles, and we get back to the car. I, I, you know, I'm getting in, and the, the its mate or it was like off the tree line, and the sucker threw a big rock and took out the passenger fender and part of the door on the passenger side, which was really bad because my wife just bought that car a couple of weeks before the trip, and she yeah. said, "Hey, honey, take the car." I don't trust your vehicle. This way, you know, you're not going to break down. How do you come home and tell your wife when she sees a big dent in her car, two big dents? How do you explain to her? Uh, Well, uh, I uh, elk ran into the car or a bear ran into it. No, I was being honest. I said a a Bigfoot threw a rock. (laughs) I'm sure that went over great. Yeah, well, you know what? James, who you talked to, who did the pre-interview, hey, James, you know every time you bring that story up about the rock and stuff, and if my wife listens to the rerun of the show on the way to work, I get it when when she gets home. She throws that all up to my face. You know that. I, yeah, I do know, but I try not to say it no more unless I really want to get you in trouble. But I haven't wanted to get you in trouble for a while, so I haven't I haven't let her know. So she's listening. I didn't bring it up this time. Gary did. <laughs> I did. But you know what? I should have called Geico. That's our insurance company at the time. 
And, you know, and I should have just called up Geico and said, you know what? I got, a, I need a new fender and a new door on our new car. And they're going to ask, and they would have asked, what happened? And I would have told them the truth. A Bigfoot threw a rock and took out part of the door and vendor. Yeah, like they would have paid that uh, off. Well, I'm sure that's not the first time that they've ever heard that, but I don't, but I do kind of wonder whether or not they'd continue the insurance policy. <laughs> yeah, or anything else. Knowing Geico. Yeah, well, you know that. Yeah, tell me about Geico. Uh, of course, a lot of the insurance companies are that way, so I'm not going to get into Geico. I love Geico. I still got one of their free mugs. Well, fortunately for me, I have never had an insurance claim resulting from any of my sightings, but, uh, you know, it's it worn on my nerves. I can tell you that. Well, it would be. By the way, a big shout out to Lloyd. No, this is not a rerun. Okay, we're talking Bigfoot again tonight, okay? Okay, yeah. What? Okay, that was your first encounter. How many years was it before you had your second encounter? And what happened and what led up to that? Well, that was also interesting. By that point, you know, I had stopped teaching and I had kids and uh, at home and they were starting college. And uh, I approached the college, uh, the Florida Keys Community College, with the idea for a course on cryptozoology, which was going through a very big high at that point. And, of course, nobody was interested in the survey of cryptid animals, uh, because that's just myth and legend as far as they were concerned. And I said, but from a scientific point of view, here's what you'd have to do to prove they actually existed. So why don't we do it as a science class uh, with, you know, here's all the different things you've got to do. Here's the, you know, the, the, the kind of stuff science would require. Uh, and here's how you'd go about doing it. And they liked the idea. You know, I recommended uh, a buddy of mine, Lauren Coleman, who's a well-known cryptozoologist up in Maine, to teach the class because it was to be done on the Internet. And uh, Lauren didn't want to do it, uh, but the college said, we're going to do the class, but we want you to teach it. So they hired me as an instructor. And uh, we won all kinds of awards and accolades that year uh, for introducing something so interesting. And uh, uh, actually, one of my first students hooked me up with a gentleman who had done a TV show, Chester Moore, out in, uh, in East Texas. Uh, who had done a TV show on Bigfoot, and uh, Chester's group uh, was one of the outfits that gave us a, an award. Uh, his his group actually made me a, an educational consultant, and uh, when I went out to accept the award uh, with Chester, they took me out to two locations that they like to work in. Uh, one was near Conestoga, and the other was near Orange, Texas. And we had encounters both night, both times, which was really interesting. One was in the middle of the afternoon near Conestoga, uh, where the animal kept pacing us in the woods and, and walking and following us and peering at us through leaves and foliage. And the other was that night in Orange uh, near a bayou. And uh, the animals, apparently a group of them, were feeding at the end of the, the path we took through the forest. And they were getting nervous that we were getting too close and uh, began closing in on us. 
And uh, they, they hid even at night. They hid behind trees and things, which was really neat. And we had passive and active infrared, so we could see them peering out from behind the trees. And they avoided the active infrared, but they, you could see them with the passive infrared. And uh, in any event, uh, when I turned around to hand the device back to, to Chester, because he had given it to me to take a look up the pathway, uh, I, I turned around, I had a wide brim hat on, and something hit me from the ground in the back of the head, and it turned out to be a twig, which obviously couldn't have fallen from the canopy. It had to be thrown, because with a wide brim hat, it would never have hit the back of my head and drawn blood. Oh, you drew blood from a twi- uh, uh Wow, you're well, it was only a, it was a tiny little bit. It was nothing, but uh, you know the bottom line was I got hit by it. So it was trying to get us to turn around, and we finally did. But that was the only time I ever detected the odor, and it was the foulest thing I ever smelled, except for a, an ape house at the zoo during feeding time <laughs> when they get stressed out. Well, okay, I, okay. What did it smell like? To the best you can uh, describe. The back end of a seafood restaurant on a hot summer day. Well, I can tell you, like, what, the encounter I had when I smelled it, and it was early yeah. June up in the Canadian Rockies, so it was still cold. There was snow, you yeah. know, in places on the side of the road and all that stuff. It it was so pungent that it well, burnt. In the, in the Rockies, the, the reputation is it smells like someone uh, urinated on pine trees. Yeah, but I tell you, it was so pungent, it burnt oh, my it's throat. Pungent. Oh, yeah. I mean, in my nose, and then I, I, I couldn't even breathe through my nose, so I made the mistake of opening my mouth and tried breathing yep. through my mouth, and it, it, it actually it, it caused me to cough and all this stuff. I remember it burnt my throat. That's how pungent it was. Oh, yeah. I know. It, it, it's way worse than cat pee. Yeah, well, I have had to deal with enough yeah. of that for yeah. the years, too. I can tell you that. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, how many, when you were given this class about it, how many, did anybody ever speak up and say, I saw, you know, a Bigfoot or heard oh, one? Yeah. Uh, actually, that was the impetus uh, between many of the people taking the class. They wanted to understand scientifically what they were seeing. Okay, pretend I'm in your class. Tell me what Bigfoot are. Are they are they flesh and blood, or they are they coming from? Well, wait a minute. Are they coming from UFOs? Are they alien connected, or are they coming from a portal? And do they give off orbs? I mean, what is what? What's the real? I don't buy thing? any of that. Good. Tell me what you think they are. They're flesh and blood. Whatever they are, they're flesh and blood. You know, there's there's many different ideas as to what they constitute. Like, it could be a relic hominin, uh, meaning a, a, a another type of human uh, that has not gone extinct, but supposedly has gone extinct. Uh, it could be a kind of undiscovered uh, primate of some kind. Uh, it, it's, it's, there's no telling until we actually have one. So how can we actually get one? Do you, well, you uh, have to do, ultimately you're going to have to do what Diane Fawzi did. You're going to have to go out in the forest and live there until they learn to trust you and show themselves. Okay. And I mean, these things are great observers, but then so is every mammal. 
you know, mammals learn by observation and imitation. So if they watch what we do from a distance, they're not going to trust humans very quickly. Now, but are, are the, now here's the thing, and I mentioned this numerous times on the show. A couple of my me- uh, members of my family married into two different Indian tribes. Uh, and I talked to the medicine woman on the one tribe. I talked to the medicine man in the other tribe, you know, not recently, in the past. But yeah. they told me stories about Bigfoot and told me that, you know, these things are not friendly creatures towards humans, that they would, you know, actually attack their village, run off with babies, run off with the squaws and things like that. Or when squaws would be down at the river, they would run and grab the squaws or the babies and whatever. And they would actually, I hate to say it, they cannibalized them. Now, this is well, what that's, I, that's the Paiute legend, legend of the red-haired giants. Well, I heard this from the Muckleshoot Indian tribe up in Washington. Well, that's possible, too. But uh, that, that, that story is, is told on the West Coast quite a bit. And it's usually a cannibal red-haired giant, they're, they're like the ones trapped at the Lovelock Cave and burned, burned to death or asphyxiated by the Paiute Indians. Sarah Wickabaga has told that story over and over and over again. Interesting. So giants, too, at one point were roaming. Now, I know this is not a Bigfoot, but could some of these Bigfoot that people are claiming they, they are seeing, could they be a hairy man or a giant? It's possible. It's also possible, knowing many of the people I've met through the years, and I don't mean to impugn anybody, but they could also be pure delusion. And why do you say that? Well, because many people go out there and they see Bigfoot at the drop of a hat. Uh, Every shadow is a Bigfoot. Every, you know, everything that makes noise in the forest is a Bigfoot. Yeah, it, it amazes me, but uh, but of course they also there's so many weekend warriors in the cryptozoology field that want to go out and get drunk in the forest, and Bigfoot's just an excuse. <laughs> you know, we're going to get emails for you saying that, but you know what? It's true. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Send it to me. I'll you know if they want to be told off in person, I'll be happy to. Well, you know, it's the same thing with me. I like I said, I've kept it quiet for so many years. You know. I, uh, I, Ed Romans, I don't know if you ever heard of him, but in Canada, he's like a top folk singer, you know, he's has very credible and, and he's been on my show cause he saw a Bigfoot and I tell you what, I, I, I have mixed feelings about Bigfoot. I don't think they're here to, to save mankind. I don't think they telecommute uh, with us. I don't think they send orbs to us. But I do feel that they can be aggressive as hell if they, if you threaten them or they feel threatened. I don't think they're our friends. That's just my feeling. Oh, I tend to agree with that. But, uh, you know, if I, I were protecting my child, watch out. Oh, yeah. If I were protecting my mate, watch out. But, uh, you know, I've never heard a credible story unless they have been attacked first. I have never heard a credible story of a Bigfoot attacking people. Well, I, you know, I, I, I was attacked, but, you know, it was in a situation. Well, it didn't actually attack us. It just chased us back 
two miles to you know well yeah exactly which is which is the experience i had it's you're getting too close to my family i'm now being protective go away but i do feel i really honestly feel scott if i wouldn't have took off running along with my friend i wouldn't be talking to you and a lot of people ah they would have never hurted you this 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 thing showed aggression like you wouldn't well, believe. again, aggression is a matter of degree. If you're threatening, of course you're going to get aggression back. Well, I didn't do anything except point a camera lens at it, but evidently uh, the light reflected off the lens because it was, you know, up again. It was at an old internment camp, which not much was left. Yeah. But it was built on a base of a mine. So evidently yeah. these prisoners were working the silver mine during World War II. And there was a crick between us. And my friend said, look at the giant bear, Gary. So I, I swung around with my camera because I had a good-sized telephoto on it. Yeah. And about the same time as I the camera was focusing on it. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It saw us, it screamed, and it came after us. And I tell you, it well, was with scary. a lens that size on the camera, it may not have known the difference between that and a weapon. That is a possibility. I've never really thought about that. Because sometimes cameras, depending on the camera, sometimes cameras can look a little bit like a like a firearm. Well, yeah, especially with something you know. Again, too, the Canadian yeah. Canadian Rockies is not like going. To like a local campground, which people, you know, I get so many people and I've had people on the show that claim that they they go camping. They walk a couple miles or a mile from the campground and they they say Bigfoot everywhere or they see. Oh, the, yeah, I, 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 well, I we go where people don't. Well, you know, as a rule, they tend to go where people don't. But that's, you know, like I was middle of nowhere. And that's when yeah. I ran. I, we weren't even thinking straight. We didn't even have bear spray. We went up there not yeah. even thinking about Bigfoot or bears. We just wanted to get pictures of the internment camp, ghost towns, and old cemeteries. And I tell you what, what I saw scared me, and I still have nightmares over it because I, I've never, you know, had anything chase me like that where I was terrified. Well, that's interesting because I, you know, I've been a forest person for I don't know how long, and I've never felt any ill at ease in the forest. Never. The only thing that ever ever worries me in the forest is another human. Well, what worries me is these people going out looking for Bigfoot or or little people or whatever they're looking for, and they don't have bear spray like me. Uh huh. 
or they have no weapons at all, and they're out there miles from nowhere. What happens if they run into a mountain lion or a cougar or a bear or some other predator? What are they going to do? I mean, that's crazy what some of these people do. Well, lost thousands of people a year that disappear in the forests. Well, maybe they went in a soup pot. Well, they may have gone into something. I don't know if it was as sophisticated as a soup pot, but, uh, you know, if these things have a reputation for being cannibalistic, I wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, of course, if they're eating us, it's not cannibalism. But the bottom line is, uh, you know, why not give it some credibility and at least be careful? Well, I would think about... I've always said, if you don't want to get eaten by a shark when you go swimming in the sea, don't act like bait. Well, I got a cure for that. I don't go swimming in the sea, so I don't have to worry about it. But these people, some of these people, seriously, they get mad at me when I say, well, you should pack a gun. Now, maybe a gun isn't going to do you any good other than maybe give you some security. But if you're out there and you, you run across a Bigfoot, for example, or a mountain lion or a cougar, okay, if you have nothing you have no way to defend yourself. What happens if you're out there and you trip and, and sprain your ankle or break your ankle or break your leg? What are you going to do? And again, you know, those things happen and people happen upon the remains of the people that that happens to all the time. The, the problem is you don't really after, you know, we've had some park rangers on here. We had Christopher, hey, James, uh, Christopher, what's his last name? George, yeah. for George. Yeah, he's been on, and, and you know, and what some of the stories he has said, you know, out in the woods, you go like that. I mean, the remains. If I died out in the middle of the woods, within forty-eight hours, you know, my body parts are going to be everywhere. Well, that's right. Nature's a very efficient disposal. Well, that's one reason why we don't find Bigfoot uh, body parts. Most likely, uh, although I'm not 100% certain we haven't. Yeah, that, again, too, I had also people on that one will say that, well, Bigfoot, when they die, they bury their dead. Then we've had people on here say, well, maybe they, I hate to say it, they eat their dead. Any number of possibilities until we actually see it happen, there's no proof of anything. So how can we get proof? You know, it's always fun to speculate, but it's just speculation. How can we get proof that these things exist? Like I said, you've got to go out there and live in that situation, in that environment, until such time as uh, you get the privilege of being able to see what's, what's what with their life. So in other words, if you're out there and you have a camp, and you're there for maybe a couple of weeks, maybe they might come, you know, close well, enough. Well, I think it's going to be a lot more than a couple of weeks. It took Diane Fossey months. Now, she knew the gorillas were there, but they wouldn't show themselves until they were satisfied she was safe. Yeah, look at Ron Moorhead, you know, that he, you know, yeah. had a camp and he would spend a lot of time in this camp out in the middle of nowhere. But, you know, here's the thing, even like Ron Moorhead, I've noticed this. I don't know if you've noticed this, Scott, but a lot of these Bigfoot uh, people are starting to change what they are. Uh, what they are uh, that one, they're they're getting away from being flesh and blood, being more into the paranormal or or, or other type of stuff. Which 
I, I disagree with it. They are flesh and blood. From what I saw was flesh and blood. Well, you've got a lot of people out there that are frustrated because they don't get instant results in this stupid society we live in that expects everything is instant gratification. Unfortunately, that's not the way science works, and these creatures are never going to be discovered that way because they are not a theme park attraction. So how are we going to get proof that they exist? I mean, you can go camping and be out there and go... Patience. Patience and research. Now, with all the research you have done, and and have you got, like, footprints and other type of stuff? I have lots of very good track evidence. I've had podiatrists go over my track evidence and say it's anatomically correct. It's not obviously not a hoax, and, and you know I would know, this, know the difference between the real thing and a hoax anyway. I know the anatomy, but and I've had people send me tracks that I know are a downright hoax. But uh, you know the the, uh, the ones I have can't be explained. What do you look for on a fake uh, footprint, a uh, cast footprint, to, to to distinguish if it's real or not? Natural arch signs of metatarsals. Uh, splaying or webbing of toes, if if you know, if, if at all possible. Uh, if you got a good toe print, the shape of the foot, the, whether it makes evolutionary sense. Interesting. Has anybody? You know, I brought this up with other people. Since you have a medical background, is it possible if you had a fresh footprint, big footprint? Uh, that if you scooped up the soil, you know, and something that wouldn't get, get it contaminated and check for DNA, could you get DNA off of their uh, footprint? Uh, if there is hair in the footprint, possibly. If there's tissue in the footprint, possibly. But just the footprint itself, no. Now, you can detect it. You can see if there's DNA there, but I don't think you could get anything that wouldn't be contaminated. But uh, you can use reagents like luminol in order to be able to reveal the existence of DNA and, and skin cells. Interesting. But, but luminol destroys, uh, destroys the DNA. You could use Blue Star uh, Forensic and preserve the DNA, but I don't think you're going to find anything useful because there's too many other things that could contaminate the print. So after you get these footprints and stuff and you you have them checked out and all that stuff to see if they're legit, what other type of evidence have you found when you've been out looking and or when you were teaching? I found hair, and the hair has been tested, and it's come back as no known uh, North American animal on the hair samples I found after a hurricane down here. Uh, But the the primary evidence is track evidence. What did I, now, since you mentioned hair, when you found the hair, what did it look like? It was a clump of hair stuck on a fence. Okay. Was it different looking from bear or human or, or did it kind of, it, 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 now, bear, bear hair is a, little, uh, is a little bit different to the touch. Horse hair, particularly, is different to the touch. You can, and, and hog hair, definitely. Uh, the thickness of the hair has a lot to do with it. The scaling on the shaft of the hair, 
Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of differences. This was this was very silky, uh, and uh, it, it was a reddish brown color, and uh, it, it was it was very very interesting, particularly under a microscope because the scaling wasn't like anything I'd ever seen before. Interesting. So I, I it, yeah. So I mean, how how many times have you when you've been out found hair? Is, is it quite common, or is it very a rare type of event? Well, people find hair all the time, but it's not necessarily Bigfoot hair. Most of the time, it's bear or it's, it's hog hair, uh, which is why I mentioned both of those. Uh, you know, from time to time, it's another kind of animal. But uh, most of the time, the hair comes back as, as, as a, either some kind of a known uh, mammal or it comes back, like I said, with a very, very rarely comes back as an unknown animal. Interesting on that. I mean, was it long hair? Was it short hair? Or what? The, the, the... It was. There were there were sections of it that were about two inches long, and some of it was was as long as four inches. What other type of evidence have you found besides footprint and, so and just hair? Just the tracks. Now, when you've been out there looking for Bigfoot, have you ever had, like, besides the uh, twig thrown at you, have you ever had the normal rock throwing and stuff like that? I've seen rock placement, which is unusual, uh, but I have not seen any rock throwing. Okay. How about tree knocks when you're out there looking? Do you hear? I hear that all the time. Uh, sometimes it's explainable. Uh, people don't know what long, we've got longhorn cattle down here in Florida and I know they do elsewhere in the country, but people have never really paid attention to what it sounds like when you have uh, longhorn deer or uh, longhorn cattle clashing their horns together. It sounds a lot like tree knots. Interesting. You know, that's another thing. If you get people out there looking for Bigfoot, and I, and the reason why I say this, I remember this one guest I had on, it, you know, that was going out looking for, you know, Bigfoot, and they heard the knocks. So they would sit there and send knocks back, and then they would yeah. get return knocks, and then it was getting late. They're walking through the trail back to get to their car. They run into another group of people, and they start talking. Yeah, we were out there looking for Bigfoot, and we heard knocks. Yeah. It, well, it turned out they were well, knocking I, back and forth. When to each I go other. out and I do, when I go out and I do my my research, I don't I don't tell people what I'm doing anymore because when I initially went out and did that, people would come out, try to crash the party, and play pranking jokes with us, and uh, it, it's stupid. But you know, people it doesn't take much to entertain an idiot. <laughs> so, in other words, you'd have people going out there making fake noises and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, that would be And fun. then I've got people that go out there and do ridiculous things like they try to attract the Bigfoot by blasting an elephant call. I mean, come on. I don't think that would work. No, it wouldn't. You know, and the logic was, well, they'll, they'll be curious to see what it is. They'll come look. Uh, please. Yeah. Hey, Scott, we need to take a break for the stations. We'll be back okay. in three minutes. We're going to talk more right. with Scott C. Uh, Marlowe about Bigfoot. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a little bit.
you and I Living in the strangest of times On my hill Watching while the cities rise From the collapse that we left When the sun beat it down to the valley Dreams Talk Radio, After Dark, wants to give a big shout-out to all the truckers that listen to our show. Coming to you from some far point station, like a cosmic tumbleweed, both north and south of the Pleiades, here's your host, Gary Anderson. And that is me. Our guest tonight is Scott C. Marlowe. Uh, he has taught Bigfoot in the college. Uh, he's seen three encounters with Bigfoot. Now we're back. 
Are you there, Scott? I am, and there you there. <laughs> okay. You know, here, here's the thing, though. A lot of people, I just checked my emails and a, a, a few things from Messenger. People are saying is, well, Bigfoot really exists. How come we have no proof such as a head or an arm or a body? What makes you think we don't? Well, I think maybe the government might. Well, I mean, here I can point to at least two things. Number one, uh, we recently discovered a new ape in the Congo called the Billy Ape, or the Bongo Ape. The remains of that particular creature were sitting on the shelf misidentified in a museum in, in Africa for 100 years before they realized it was not a known ape. That's a long time for them to realize that. Yeah. Well, and then there, but there's one example. The other is how many giant skeletons have turned up in, in the newspapers reported across the United States over the past 150 years? Well, there's been a few, but they've been discredited. And, you know, the funny thing is, Mary Joyce is, was just on our show here, and she runs a UFO Bigfoot cryptic reporting center. It's called, uh, well, skyshipsovercashiers.com. And, you know, she said back here a few years ago, they were building a community college in North Carolina, and they found skeletons of little people. And and it's funny, it like, you know, there it was, and then all of a sudden, you know, the government came and picked them up, or somebody picked them up, and that was history. Well, and, and, and there, therein lies the issue. I myself have gone after remains of the giants. I know they exist. I've seen them. I've got photographs. I've actually seen the remains of part of a skull at a museum in Oakland, California. So I know they exist. And yet the BLM, and I'm not talking about you-know-who, I'm talking about the Bureau of Land Management, scarfs it all up and will not let you near any of it. Why? What are they afraid of? Well, I can tell you what they're afraid of. Just think about the Bible. And, oh, please. Yeah, but I'm just don't, saying... Please don't play the Nephilim card. I'm not, but I'm saying it would it would change everything that what we've been taught. That, so you know, what? Go ahead. I mean, that's the point. So what? Why is that important to anybody? Well, I... Just because a couple of scientists spent their whole life's work on something that wasn't true? That's science. That's what it does. Yeah, but we're taught that from when you're in grade school all the way up to college level. This is how it was. And and, and it tells me that we've been lied to. That's all. Everything from the time you're born to the time you die is a lie. They start out with the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy. Come on. It's all nonsense we tell children, and none of it's true. No, you're absolutely right. Because, I mean, but, you know... The, the the point is, I've seen photographs, and I do have, besides being in radio for quite a long time, I have a, a massive background in 
you know, photography, both film and digital. And I've seen some pictures people sent me that I know that weren't faked in Photoshop. And it, it, yeah. you look at it, it, it just like, wow. Yeah, I know. I get that all the time. So, I mean, just because somebody staked their life's work on a subject that is not true doesn't mean we should sweep it under the rug and dismiss it. Well, I agree. I just, you know, I just think that, how can I say this? What is it going to take? Is it going to take somebody to kill a Bigfoot and bring in a body part to say, here, I got I, I got proof I, now? I, I certainly hope not, because I don't think the animal deserves to be killed just to prove it exists. Well, I don't either, because you know what? I've known people that have dressed up as Bigfoot. And went out in the woods just to scare people. And, you know, they've been lucky that somebody wasn't carrying a weapon. Exactly. And, in fact, that has happened. Yeah. And and that's the bad part. So, I mean, you know. And, And I hate to say it, and I know you're going to get hate mail, and I probably will, too, but they deserve it. Well, you know, if they're dumb enough to wear a costume and go out in the woods to try to either make a Facebook or a YouTube video trying to prove that they exist, you know, you know, if somebody shoots it, you know, I I hate to see how it plays out in court. But I mean, you know, a lot of people could say I was scared for my life. So I shot and killed it. Horrible thing. They go in the they go. And look at what they just shot and find a zipper on the back of it. That would be the bad part. Well, like I said earlier, it doesn't take much to entertain an idiot. Well, that's the whole thing. If you go on YouTube or Facebook, there's so many people. There used to be a guy on Facebook. To I, I, I said something to him and he got mad at me and he quit posting. He would go near every campground, every every picnic ground and walk a trail and i swear to god he wasn't even a quarter mile away from the picnic ground and he would say hey look at this shelter that bigfoot built and then another 100 feet there's another one and there's another one yeah i know i've seen that over and over and over again well i think it does a lot of damage to the whole thing too trying to prove that they do exist well, you can't prove that it exists by making it so. You know, they went through that with paleontology by by carving human footprints next to dinosaur tracks in Texas. I mean, come on. The two things that are separated by 65 million years of evolution. Humans never walked the planet with a dinosaur. No. And, you know, again, about, you know, Bigfoot could exist. Joe Taylor is a regular guest on our show. And he has a museum in Texas, and and what he is noted worldwide for, he reconstructs dinosaur bones. But he he has traveled the whole world, Africa, you name it, the Middle East, looking for bones of dinosaurs. And what he has said on the show, and James, correct me if I'm wrong, but he said a couple times on the show that in Africa, that there's villages that he was at. Where, you know, they claim that miniature dinosaurs still exist. And uh, there was a story where a guy went out to 
kill a pig and he you know was getting ready to throw his spear when a what type of uh james do you remember what type of dinosaur it was that grabbed the pig it was basically a little version of a t-rex basically like some kind of a raptor and when it went to get the pig at the same time the arrow i i think hit the t-rex it was a miniature version so to speak anyway and uh, that's what he described though yeah, uh, well, it's not only the smaller uh, scale models either. Uh, you know, they, again, in certain areas of the Congo, there is the Michele Mabembe, which is a full-size uh, brachiosaur-type creature. Yeah. So, I mean, if we have still sightings of dinosaurs, you know, and again, I've been explained by experts that, the dinosaurs, the majority of them, if they still exist, are going to be scaled down because the oxygen content is not as rich as it was back when they roamed the Earth. So, therefore, it wouldn't support them being large like they were. But there's certainly species of creatures we don't even know yet that are still in existence somewhere. So, that tells me if there is little miniature T-Rexes in, in some parts of the Congo or wherever... It tells me that definitely there could be Bigfoot deep in the woods. In fact, Christopher George, you know, being a park ranger and at one point running three different parks in charge of three of them, he even was telling us that he lost a couple of his friends that were really good outdoorsmen. That I mean, they would go way out in the woods. They just never showed back up. But he has said, again, there are some strange things deep in the woods where normal people don't go. Well, correct. And, and the, the description of the dinosaur you were just talking about sounds very much like a Mongoliensis raptor. Because they weren't, just like the original Jurassic Park said, although they made them much bigger for the animatronics for the movie, uh, were, were no much, not much bigger than a, a an oversized turkey yeah so i mean if you got stuff like that still roaming the earth then it tells me that yes i i really you know believe that bigfoot does exist because it's either that or i was hallucinating and i tell you once you've seen one and been chased by one it it, and and heard it scream at you more than once it does something to you that you sit there and you, you, first thing I did is I clammed up. I didn't tell anybody other than my wife and family because I had to explain the car damage and, you know, they didn't buy it. Right. And so I kept my mouth shut because I figured I don't want people thinking I'm crazy. Well, you know, in this day and age, they don't think you're crazy, thank God. But back in the 70s, they did. I mean, you were branded a crackpot real quick. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's just, thank God, the time and places have changed. So now you've had your second encounter. Again, again, how big was that one? Those were a bit bigger. They, you know, they weren't a lot bigger, but, you know, I was still along the Gulf Coast and still near waterways. And that's pretty much where the swamp ape stays. The Sasquatch t- stays into more mountainous areas like, and into the Pacific Northwest. But they're seen all over the country, both of them. Well, J- I just don't think they're the same creature. 
Well, James, what what is the size of reported a Bigfoot in Ohio? How big are they? The ones around here are usually seven to eight foot uh, in that range. They're not as stocky yeah. as the northwestern cousins, but um, they're seen frequently, especially around the Salt Fork area. And they've been seen for years out through here. Matter of fact, there's all kind of people been coming out here and seeing them. And they, yeah, they're usually about seven to eight foot average, probably about seven and a half foot, I believe, something like that. And they've actually have seen a white one here at, uh, a few times a few years yeah. back as well. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's in about a small percentage of the cases, the coloration of the fur is a white or light gray. What areas do you think is the most Pronoun for if you a person wanted to go out seriously and look for Bigfoot, where would you recommend going places people don't go? Okay, that's a good way. But how do you know the place? Well, the only way I can think about is if you're a good outdoorsman, go deep in the woods. But then you you know better. Well, there's that, but you got to go places that you you as a human are uncomfortable. Well, I I agree. Like I said, when I had my encounter, I was in the middle of nowhere. I don't think many people go where I went with my friend. And 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 I think it startled it as much as it startled us, I can tell you that. But I, I get people. I, I had a friend once that claimed that every time he would he lives up in the northwest, he lives up near Mount Rainier, he claimed every time he would go out, he would see either little people or Bigfoot. And he claimed that these Bigfoot would come through portals. And then that's when I started thinking, well, I don't know. I don't buy that. That's, that's when I start seeing a person who has delusional problems and is taking meds or something. Yeah. So, what... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I... First of all, from a physics point of view, opening a portal would disrupt electromagnetic communications and everything for so many miles, it's ridiculous. That uh, it's just not possible. And show me one animal, one, just one, that can do that, and I'll say, okay, it's possible. No animal on this planet can do that, and it's not going to. I don't think so. I, I don't think they also can telecommunicate with people and, and send you orbs down your back of your neck and, and, and tell you that, you know, you got to save the environment either. I don't buy that one. So I think we just lost our guess. I think so. I think I heard a group. Well, let's try to get him back on. So. Hopefully I didn't say something to offend them. Please leave your message for... Okay. Let's see. Do we have you back? Hello? Hmm. Well... playing games. uh, I don't know. We'll give it a try. And we'll see if we can get them back on. And it's ringing. Okay, do we the have phone you? just cut out? That was weird. You know, it does that every so often. You know, Scott, I can be talking on a subject, and all of a sudden, 
the phone line dies. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway, as you were saying. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I just don't think, you know, that the portal thing or they're being tied with UFOs. and a, I think what it is, is people are grasping at straws at this point. They want to prove it exists, but they've run out of conventional things. And I'm going to be honest yeah. with you. If you go out beating the brush looking for a Bigfoot. Number one, if you take five or six people and you got a camera crew and you got all this stuff, you're not going to find one. You're just not going to. Of course to. not. Of course not. That's, that's way too much commotion for any animal to stick around. Well, I think they're going to be watching you, but you're not going to see them there. They're, and they probably see you long, long before you even detect there's one in the area. Sure. And well, and here I'll, I'll give I'll give the not the portal people, but the UFO people this possibility. If indeed, and that's a huge if, human beings are some sort of genetic experiment conducted by extraterrestrials, then the source DNA was probably a Bigfoot type creature. In other words, the ETs would have modified Bigfoot DNA in order to create us. That is a possibility. Wouldn't it be horrible for a lot of people to realize maybe we are, well, the descendants of the Bigfoot? Well, again, what would you use as a basis in order to create a human if you were going to create a human? And I agree I, you know, with Dr. Crick and the people who, who found DNA uh, that there are some anomalies in human DNA that are so weird as to be almost impossible to have occurred any other way. Yeah, you're right. I, you know, I'm just, you know, the way that we are, you know, designed, let alone, but again, you know, something like a Bigfoot is designed to do what they're doing. They're, they're living deep in the forest. Now, yes. uh, now, what type of... Which also means, which also means, and that pleases me no end, humans are replaceable. Yeah. I mean, if we don't get it right and do it ourselves, somebody may do it for us. That's, <laughs> you can say that. Again, too, you think about, you know, how long. Now, Bigfoot, okay, not just in our country, in Canada. Aren't they being seen worldwide? I mean, in. Oh, yeah. They've got different names all over the world. Like in Russia, they're Amis or Amisty. Uh, and, of course, you've got the Yeti, which is very commonly known. But, I mean, you know, Vazajon, they've got, they've got all kinds of names in all kinds of places around the world. If you read my book, Bigfoot Enigma, I go into that, and I explore hundreds of names for these creatures. How do they, the creature vary between, let's say, here in Russia or Europe or wherever they're at? I mean, do they vary much in, in body shape and form? Well, the Almasty and the Yeti and the American Sasquatch and oh, the, the Chinese version... Uh, the cucumba and, and, and in Africa, and, and they're very similar. But then you've also got these bipedal hairy creatures that are much more like uh, Homo floresiensis 
coming out of the Flores Islands where they're the size of a chimpanzee but stand upright and act like a human and have human-like faces. No, I didn't even know that. I mean, they have human-like faces? Yeah, human-like faces. Not human, but human-like faces. Wow. Well, how about the the abominable snowman found up in the Andes and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Now, the, all those reports, they've always been that these, these yetis are aggressive. Sometimes, but most of the time they just walk away from the groups. Yeah, but look how many people have gone missing, too, in the Andes. Well, yeah, but not Andes, the, the uh, uh, Himalayas. Yeah, yeah, right. But, uh, but uh, in any case, uh, well, yeah, they do. Uh, many times they turn up frozen at a later time, but yes, they disappear up there too. And there's many unexplored mastiffs in in the Himalayas that uh, you know there just aren't any people there. So, I, I, and how long did you teach this class at the college? Oh God, we went for five years. Now, did you ever have any students come back with? proof of Bigfoot that you thought they actually saw one or captured an image of one or, or footprints or anything? From time to time they come up with something, but not very often. Uh, but at least, they, at least they're going out there armed with the knowledge of what it takes to prove to science the animal exists. And they're not out there playing the, take my word for it, I'm an honest person game. That's not how science works. You know, you may be perfectly honest, you may be above reproach, but science never takes anybody's word for anything. It's always got to have physical, empirical evidence. Well, that's why I always go back. I could not kill, you know, a, a, a Bigfoot, but... I, I couldn't kill anything. I don't, like, I don't even like killing bugs, but I just, you know, that's just me. I just wish we could find, you know, remains or part of the remains of one, and that would solve the the whole problem, you know, right there. Well, you, you do understand that the red-haired giants, that to the Paiutes, their name for them is a Bigfoot name. They thought of them as Bigfoot. Well, why don't you explain the difference to the listeners, okay? That What's the difference between these giants and Bigfoot? Well, again, it depends on your perception. Uh, the giants are definitely some sort of a race of, of human that may or may not be represented in the, in the existence structure of what we have today. Uh, until we actually get them, which is why I went looking for the giant skeletons and was trying to get a couple of teeth so I could have them tested, for DNA in order to ascertain what they actually are. You know, some of the, uh, the, the giant skeletons that have turned up have turned out to be an unusual breed of human. Uh, but that's not necessarily strange because you know, the Homo erectus had, had a very small version and had a very tall version. The tall version was called Meganthropus. So there were, there were races of humans here on the planet at one time and several different races at the same time at one time. So hmm. there's no telling whether or not they're, they're still there. 
I'm just wondering. You know, we're finding we're finding supposedly extinct animals all the time. They just rediscovered the clouded leopard. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I read about that. So I mean, you know, the, and and of course you got the Laotian rock rat, the coelacanth, uh, all of which were supposedly extinct and turned out not to be. Well, here's the question I'm going to ask you, which I have people ask me all the time. All the people that have claimed they saw Bigfoot, they've had their cell phones with them, but they take pictures and every picture is blurry. And I, yeah. yeah and, the, and the first thing I start looking at, two things. One, you can Photoshop something to make it look halfway scary, and then you blur it to a certain point where you can't really prove one way or another. But I would think with our cell phone technology, if you saw a Bigfoot and it was still moving around, you should be able to get a picture of it. You could get a good freeze frame. Of course, it all depends on how old the cell phone is. The newer ones, the pixelation is so fine that they get great detail. The older phones, no, not not so well. But the bottom line is the, the first thing I look at is if it's not a motion blur, and many times it isn't, I know the photo's fake. Yeah, and unfortunately, there's so many people faking these images. It's like UFO pictures all the time. That's all I get is I get every day I got these pictures. None of them are ever in focus. And when we come back from our next break here, the last break of the show here for tonight, you know, the famous film, it was made, I think, in 67. Yes. Okay, they have gone through and enhanced it. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit about that. And then let's talk about your last encounter of a Bigfoot also. So our guest tonight is Scott C. Marlowe. And, uh, well, he's an expert in Bigfoot. We'll be right back. You're listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio.
You're listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio with Gary Anderson, and here's Gary. And we are back with our guest tonight, Scott C. Marlowe. We're talking about Bigfoot. Now, getting into, well, your last encounter of a Bigfoot. Let's even go before that. This this film that's been out since 67, everybody knows it. But they have enhanced it to a 4K, which means it's a lot sharper the image is sharper. The detail is sharper. The color is really popping out. But when you see this Bigfoot walking at a high speed of a walk, you can actually see the muscles flex. And that- oh, yeah. Um, M.K. Davis and others have done a wonderful job restoring the Patterson-Gimlin film. Oh, yeah. And to this day, it is the best evidence photographically uh, of a Bigfoot creature. Well, you can certainly see it. I mean, when you compare it to all these other so-called Bigfoot yes. sightings, when you don't, you see the whole, put it this way, the whole fur from the foot all the way up to the thigh move at the yes. same time. It's a dead giveaway. It's a costume. Yes, well, sometimes it is. That particular case, no. But that, if it were a costume, it would have had to have been made by a taxidermist and not a costume fabricator. I know. I just, you know, I, I, again, when I saw my Bigfoot, I'm going to be honest with you. I saw everything. So yeah. if it was a guy out in the middle of nowhere, and I'm talking the middle of nowhere, I mean, you know, wow. I can just honestly, I, I, I saw everything. So it, it tells me that it was no, you know, costume and why would somebody be out there i mean again the, the i i would think though that if they have compassion which some people say that bigfoot have compassion they have all these thoughts and all this stuff then why don't they put some type of develop some type of clothing or something that could stay warm when it's cold out why i don't know that's why i'm asking you you taught it not me there's, there's no need for it. They're, they're a forest creature. They don't have they don't have modesty ideas and things like that like we do. Yeah, I agree with that 100. percent I mean, you know, I have cats. They, you know, they're they're not walking around modest about the fact that they can clean themselves. Yeah, you're right. But the, again, I would just think if they had intelligence that people claim they have, I would think they would then have some type of modesty go along with it. But again, you know, I, I, I don't know. Well, again, modesty is, is our fabrication largely rooted in religion. Yeah, you're right. Now, James, do you have any input here? Uh, yeah, I was just curious uh, with, you know, when they're out there, where are they living? 
are they living in caves or, or I mean, we're, you know, there's, there's so many out there and, and like how many of them is out there living and breeding? You know, it has to be so many to continue on with the species and sure. where are they living? Sure. There has to be thousands of them. And where are they living at, you think? Anywhere they can. Now, have okay, you so ever have you ever ran into a Bigfoot nest? Yes. What do they look like? Well, the ones that we had with the, that were associated with the research I did here in the Green Swamp were very interesting. They would pick an area that was low lying, where it wasn't in water, but it was chilly. To the, the ground was chilly to the touch. Uh, it was somewhat sunken. They would drag in pine boughs from a considerable distance and place them under deciduous trees, then spread a layer of deciduous leaves and palm fronds, and then throw a layer of uh, Spanish moss on top of that. Okay, but do they build a shelter with a roof over it, or do they do it under a tree? No, I'm sure there are places where they are sheltered, but they all in, in this area, of course, in, in the tropics or sunny tropics, they don't need it. Yeah, I, I just, the reason why I'm saying that is that all these people, you know, sending me pictures of these stick structures that they claim are Bigfoot and they look like TP uh, structures. I, I just don't think that fits in with what everything I read about Bigfoot. Well, they're not familiar with a meteorological uh, vortex. And and the kinds of things that wind by itself can do. Wow! Now, in, in any of these nests, have you ever found remains of any bones or anything of no. any prey or anything? No. So I'm I'm wondering, what do you think Bigfoot eat? Anything they can. They're omnivores. So okay, so they can, huh? Now, there's speculation, like when a Bigfoot dies, that one uh, group of, well, Bigfoot people out there say that they bury them, then, uh, it, and, or then there's another group that says they eat them. That, you know, well, they, anything's possible, and again, until we observe them, we don't know. Yeah, that's the hard part. So what would what would it really take i mean there's all these tv shows that've been going in the past and now looking for bigfoot but what what do you think it really would take if if somebody had the money to do it the time to do it what would it really take to prove we have one what would we have to do you'd have to have some extremely good evidence involving dna and i'll get into that in a minute that has a impeccable chain of custody. Okay. Now, as far as the, the, the uh, DNA is concerned, the problem, of course, is one of contamination, storage uh, prior to being tested, what it's stored in, how it's stored, what it could have come in contact with, and you don't have, when, the, when it's all, all is said and done, you don't have a DNA example to compare it to. And you, I mean, you can show it up against a human DNA or any other animal DNA, but it's not going to be exactly the same. 
So all you can say, even if you had the DNA, is this is not something that's known to science. You could not say it's definitively from a Bigfoot yet. That is, you know, been, there's been some labs, some, you know, I can't think of her name right now, but, you know, she had evidence. Of, oh, no. Don't, don't, don't get into Melba Ketchum. Okay, I won't do that. You know, that's, that's nonsense. Total nonsense. Can you explain to the listeners why it's nonsense? Well, first of all, she has nothing. She, you know, she, she does DNA testing for the, the pedigree of racehorses. That doesn't qualify her to do the kind of forensic DNA work that uh, it needs to be done on a relic hominin species or any other kind of unknown animal. DNA is not DNA. This is not, are you my baby daddy? That's a different kind of DNA research. Okay, I didn't realize that. I mean, you know, she supposedly came up with and, and said, well, this is proof that, you know, Bigfoot exists. But then, you know, other people in the science said, you know, no. If you're going to buy your own journal in order to get it published in a scientific paper, then what you've got is crap. Yeah. So... Getting back to this again, uh, uh, trying. I mean, we need to get evidence that one of these creatures or these creatures do exist. I mean, you can see one. I can see one. James can see one. And a lot of people out there can see it. But that's not proof to, to prove that they do exist. How can we do it? I mean, yeah, you can get footprints. You can get. You know, DNA well, it comes back and says, well, we don't know where it, what, what, what it is. Let's look at the differences here, depending upon what you're doing. If we were in a court of law, based on the evidence that has been collected so far, we could legally prove Bigfoot exists. But that's a court of law. That's not science. You know, a Bigfoot could get up in front of Congress and testify, and it wouldn't be enough for science. Because they have different criteria of proof. Hmm. So now, a court of law can accept word of mouth. A court of law can accept hearsay evidence. That is not true of science. So it could drag out to years and years and years before somebody's lucky enough to run across some real proof that a Bigfoot does exist. Correct, and it should. Hmm. How how do you feel about that, James? Yeah. Oh, it's it's frustrating. I, I got to absolutely with this DNA thing. Uh, what's your thoughts on the environmental water filter DNA um, testing? Uh, I don't know enough about it to really comment. Okay. Yeah, I know this DNA thing is such a an enigma. Because, again, you know, it comes back as uh, an unknown. You don't have nothing to compare it with. Let me ask you this. What about the well, dog? Exactly. I mean, I, I, I did a whole chapter in my book, Bigfoot Enigma, to that subject. And, and what about these people that see dogmen? Are they, are they seeing Bigfoot, or is that something totally different? Well, the dogman is more of a werewolf-type creature, 
but uh, some of these things are probably being confused. There are Bigfoot sightings that look more Ursa Day than Bigfoot or primate. So, you know, it's, it all depends on who's seeing what and what their mind is doing to it in mm. order to make it something they can comprehend, they can deal with. Well, don't forget, guys, if, if somebody sees a Bigfoot, even for a split second, your mind goes into shock. And then it goes into oh, sure. denial, and then that's that's where you know, that's where it, it gets really clouded right there. And talking about your DNA testing, James, I did reading on that. That would be cool if there was a standing mud puddle, for example, or a small pond, for example, in a a deer or elk or something or a bear was drinking out of it. They could pull the DNA out of it. But moving water, there's no way because it's going to be contaminated constantly because it's flowing. So there's no way you're going to be able to get from, you know, the DNA you're talking about if the water is moving or it's a large body Even of water. Even in a still pond, you're going to be contaminated because it's a water source. Right. Many animals come and drink from it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's true. And, and there's so much going on out there with with uh, sightings and Bigfoot and people hoaxing and, and and all these other fake things going on. It's just it's getting out of hand. It's like everybody now is out there trying to find a Bigfoot, and and that's why I'm thinking maybe some of these people all the time they're hearing things and stuff. Maybe it's not even Bigfoot. It's just other people out there. That's very possible. And, but there are, you know, good things happen by accident. In science, it's, it's pretty much all the time. Uh, sometimes you can find things by experimentation and hypothesis and testing, but sometimes it just happens. Well, that's usually yeah. when it happens is when that, that you know, just anything, proof of it. But again, yeah. giants and stuff, are. do you think giants still exist or they don't exist anymore. I don't know. That's why I wanted to get a sample of the teeth in order to get the testing done. But the BLM won't let me near it. They have literally hidden samples from me when I knew I had the made arrangements to go out and get what I needed, and they have grabbed the samples before I got there in order to prevent me from doing it. I had a wonderful patron who was helping me finance a, a major expedition to get this done. I went all over Nevada, Arizona, and California, and every time I got there, the BLM got there first. Every time. Wow. The, only, the only exception was I could get to the, to the uh, um, Calico Mountain site where I could see stone tools that I knew were stone tools. They were not sight-picked, despite what the professionals say, and that they, they were being crafted 25,000 years ago, at least in that area near Barstow, mm. California. So I know what I was looking at. I saw them in display cases. I took pictures of them. I sampled them. I, ha I handled them. These were actually crafted tools, just like the ones that, that Leakey found in Olduvai Gorge in Africa. Well, it, but the BLM, the BLM shut the site down. Um, what is their purpose? Of, of, again, I can see the government trying to discredit 
UFOs and aliens and abductions. I, I can see that. But what would their purpose to be to discredit people looking for Bigfoot or giants or little people or whatever out in the deep woods? Why do I they... don't know. I don't know. I do know that there's a giant skeleton on display in Ecuador in a museum standing upright, and it's enormous. They don't seem to have the same problem down there that we have up here with trying to hide it. I don't know. It, it just I, I don't see the purpose of them trying to, you know, all it does, it, you know, again, maybe it, it all stems back. If they sit there and said, yeah, Bigfoot do exist, giants existed at one time or what have you. But I don't, you know, it, it would put a little, you know, cloud in everything else that we've been told. Not just about well, like what we've I been... said, they're perpetuating a lie. Why they're doing it, their purpose, their motive, I don't know. I mean, would it really hurt the population to realize maybe the Bigfoot does exist, and if the government has proof that they exist, and came, it's not like saying, well, gee, you know, we're being visited by UFOs, we don't know what they're here for. Uh, well, seeing as how we don't know the whole story, we probably don't know their motive either. Now, that's the whole thing. So, I mean, that's got to be part of it. You know, I, don't, I just don't, I don't follow it. It's, it's almost asinine, but then we're talking about our government. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of other governments, too. Now, again, there's sightings of Bigfoot in Canada and, and, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, here in Washington, I guess Idaho is supposed to be the biggest hot spot right now. A Bigfoot. But yeah. let's go into your final in, uh, encounter of a Bigfoot, the last one you ever saw. Where... Well, we've already done it. Yeah, the, uh, there were two of them that night in Texas. Okay. They were... Yeah. Now, when you heard th- th- in Texas that night, did, were they making sounds? And, and, and you know, Ron no. Moorhead has all these different languages of Bigfoot, like communicating no. with each other. No. 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 No sounds of that kind at all. Okay, was there, besides the, the, the twig thrown at you, was there any rocks thrown or anything? No, no. I don't think they had any intention of hurting us. They just didn't want us going back any further close to the family group. Hmm. So when you go out looking for Bigfoot yourself, I mean, what do you take with you? What should a person take if, if they want to go out looking for Bigfoot? Besides, they should take a satellite well, phone. It depends on what time of day you're doing it. If you're doing it at night, obviously a flashlight. Uh, but uh, for the most part, I don't take very much unless I find tracks or something, in which point I want to cast them. So some, some uh, a plaster of Paris is nice to have. Uh, a camera, of course. Uh, I also like to carry a digital recorder. But other than that, not much. Now, do you take a weapon or anything with you for not just for no, Bigfoot? I've never gone in the forest with a weapon and never saw a need to. Okay, so you never encountered bears or cougars or mountain lions? Yes, or... I have. But, uh, but I've never needed any weapon. Interesting. Now, that's what I'd be more scared about. If a cougar, I know up here in Washington State, you know, several people a year, you know, get uh, killed by cougars and mountain lions. So that's why I, I kind of, you know, mentioned that. I mean, 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if the animal's hungry, of course, but, you know, if they're well-fed, you don't have anything to worry about. They're more afraid of you than you are of them. And, the, and if you pay attention to your surroundings, you'll know when you're being stalked. Well, that is if you've been out in the outdoors enough. They, yes. The problem is you get a lot of people, you know, all of a sudden they pick up the hobby, and I call it a hobby. I am now a Bigfoot hunter. I'm going to go out looking for Bigfoot. And they've never been out in the woods ever. And that's what scares me when these people go out there and they don't know what could happen to them. I mean, to after, you know, we had the ranger on, you know, he, he mainly said, if you're going to go out in the woods, any distance, you can need a satellite phone for number one. Well, again, what happens if you fall off the cliff, break your leg, you're going to die out there. Oh, that would be, that would be wise if you're going out by yourself to at least have a mode of communication. But you know, like I said, I've been out with a lot of people. I've been out with city boys that thought they were the hottest things since sliced bread and could handle any sort of city brawl or riot or whatever you find yourself in, scared to death in the woods by themselves with me. Well, yeah. I have been out with police people, well-trained who work in corrections, taking care of criminals who have peed themselves in a situation where they were confronted by something. I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous. You know, these people are, there's just something not right upstairs. I agree with that one. Now, we're getting yeah. down to the end of the show here. Uh, question, do you have a website where people can go and, and check out your books and stuff? Well, they do. Uh, it's www.tangia, that's spelled P as in Peter, A-N-G-E-A, Institute spelled out run together dot us. Okay, and what book? And all of my books and all of my books. If you just do a search with my name, you'll find them. My all of my books are on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and you can order them through any bookstore. Great. Well, I I want to thank you for coming on because you know it, it's nice to have somebody ta- on the show talking about Bigfoot as they are flesh and blood creatures versus. Well, you know, the other type, I, I can't, it just makes my skin boil when I hear, oh, they're, they're not real flesh and blood and they're here to, well, there's some really good movies out there, videos that people might like to see. My buddy Stacy Brown did a good one on uh, Swamp Ape Lives. Uh, that's really worth a look. I think it's actually on Amazon Prime now too. Uh, but, I mean, there's some good videos, some really good videos. Dr. Uh, Meldrum has done a couple of good ones uh, that people might want to take a look at. Uh, Science and Superstition is another one that's good. Well, great. Well, hey, Scott, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate, you know, you donating the time for the show. My pleasure. I'm happy to do it. Okay, my friend. Well, you take care. You too. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Have Bye-bye. a good evening. Well, hey, James, who's our guest tomorrow? Well, tomorrow we're going to have Tom Whitmore on, and he is going to talk about UFOs and some of the secret documents and stuff he's been researching for years. Well, that's That'll going to be, be good. good. And then uh, then who do we have on Thursday? Thursday we're going to have William Poland, and he is a researcher of UFOs and abductions and different sightings all across the country, and he gets into it on a different perspective. He has a different point of view, which is always very enlightening, 
and that's going to be good. And then, guess what? Friday is Scary Friday, and we're going to have Ron uh, Fitzgerald, who is a magician and an actor, and he has tons of scary stories. And then along with him, on Friday, we're going to have Rob Shelsky back again, and he is very well-versed in all aspects of the paranormal. Yeah, one thing I like about my friend, you know, being on, Ron Fitzgerald, you know, he's more of, how can I say, he's a magician in the dark realm, uh, but he is noted as a horror actor. He's done a lot of horror movies. He's a great actor. And the thing that still bothers me, you know, he put a thing up on Facebook the other day with razor blades. He swallows you know, sharp, the old double-edged razor blades. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how he does that and can still survive and talk and not drink water and have leaks all over him. It's amazing. Well, maybe he does, and he uses a lot of Band-Aids. But the other one I like is where he takes his assistant and puts him in a coffin and then sets the coffin on fire, the cremation. Yeah, that was definitely a new version of the hot box for sure. My goodness, ouch. So we should have uh, some really good shows the rest of the week. I mean, Scary Friday has been going over good. So Ron is going to be talking about some of the scary movies uh, that he's been in. He's going to tell us scary stories. Rob's going to be on and we're going to who knows what we're going to talk about with Rob, but it'll be scary and interesting. But, the you know, uh, William Pullen great guy when it comes to ufos and then you know our guest tomorrow you know he is really good at you know finding you know documents that the government has been hiding from the public about ufos and stuff like that so it should be some really good shows for the next couple days and who knows about next week oh yeah we got some good ones next week too but you know you you talk about our guest um tomorrow tom whitmore he actually moved closer to the uh, what was it the main source of these documents, so he can you know have more quicker access to them at twenty four seven when he needs to. He moved closer to that, and I think, and uh, so that tells you how dedicated he is to his research. Oh yeah, so I mean, there's documents popping up all the time, and the hard part is proving that these documents are are real or not. But something is going on again. The uh, Congress and actually the Senate is instructed the Pentagon, which is in the news, to create another group to investigate these UFOs. But you know what? There's been one going on for the last couple years. So what difference is the difference of the one they've been doing versus the one that's ongoing or the one that they're going to create? I mean, it's just like, are they going to try to discredit it or something? I don't know. It's, it's really weird. But I think something is going down the pipeline. I don't know if we're going to get much of disclosure. Or maybe we already got the the bulk of our disclosure here. Unless unless something happens election day when we get invaded. Oh, boy. I, I do know one thing. Supposedly there's a lot more footage of some of those videotapes that were taken, those three that they released, and that would be something to see. Different angles of it, maybe a lot more closer, better angles. Who knows? But if we will ever see them, that's another question. Just think about it from the late 40s to who knows how many people have vanished. But there's been sightings where the Air Force sent out fighters to investigate these UFOs. 
And then all of a sudden, the pilot crashes, and there's no remains of it. I mean, that has happened, I think, in 47. It happened a couple times in the 50s and the 60s. So it tells us, yeah, they maybe got too close to what they were investigating, or maybe their craft is like a car does. When a car encounters a UFO, your electronics shuts down. Could you imagine you're flying at seven or 800 miles an hour and your electronics shut down on your jet? You know where you're going to go. Yeah, you're going to go straight down. I think, uh, and, and even before the jets, when we had the piston uh, engines, like the the P-52 Mustangs, I think the Mantell was the one in Kentucky there in the early 50s or late 40s there when he, he stalled out and he ended up dying. Maybe the, those crafts, like you say, like they do with the cars, shut all electronics down. And that's trouble if you're 20,000 20, or 30,000 feet in the air. Or more. Anyway, till tomorrow, everybody, I want to thank you for being on and listening to the show. Again, I want to thank our guest tonight, Scott C. Marlowe. And uh, it was interesting. I learned a little bit more about Bigfoot. Well, till tomorrow, everybody, you have a good one. We'll catch you later. For a dream, Solid.